France, they've Bayern Munich's won like what fifteen titles on the trot, and now it looks like Bayern Leverkusen is going to win the title. There's ra- there's so much season left though, but yeah, it is really funny to like banter about for sure. Um, do you do you actually like? Do you, are you taking joy from this, or is it like do you feel no, bad I for want, him? Or? No, I wanted Kane to win a trophy. It's just in my. It's just funny. It's funny. It's also, you know he's funny. Yeah, he's going to win it if not this year, next year. So it's funny that the first year he doesn't win it. Yeah, but the first year you go there, you don't win it because freaking Bayern Leverkusen are the only team in Europe that's unbeaten. What they got like fifteen games. 15 wins, three draws. They're the only team in Europe still on being. It's ridiculous. I know. And it's also like the fact that Byron lost this weekend. It just like adds to it, huh? Uh-huh. And he's break, but he's still breaking records. It's like Harry Kane's just about single accolades, just like Alan Shearer. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I do love saying uh, Bundesliga, though. It's, I Bundesliga. Think it's my, I think it's my favorite name to say from like the top five leagues. You don't like La Liga? I mean, honestly, my Bundesliga. Kick to it. Yeah. Bundesliga does have a nice little like Bundesliga, but dunk, but dunk it dunk to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, Bundesliga sounds like a cur- like a curvy woman or something. The Bundesliga. You know? <laughs> I don't know what kind of woman you're meeting. I think like I don't know. No curvy women named Bundesliga. And to me, the worst one is the League One. League One, League One. Even Syria. I, I like Syria R because at least it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's clean. It has a really nice yeah. clean field there. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what do you do? Is that uh, Premier League? Is that the. It's, it's the Premier League. I still like it as the Premiership. I like the Premiership, the name, but. but... Premier League is the, the most like unwieldy. All the other ones kind of flow, you know, like La Liga, Ligun, even. But like Premier League is just so flat sounding. Yeah, there's so much more. Like, I remember as a kid, it was like Barclays, Premier League, coming to you. Match of the draw. I love I love the trade bans, man. I love the trade yeah. bans. Because they, the you know, like I know when I send the trade, and I know I'm just doing it for shits and giggles. That I do. Who will you press? Just, Sergei, just, this evil smirk. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Like I, I kind of fuck with Sergey now. And every single time Martinelli scores, I send him a trade offer. It's kind of like a thing that I do. Because <laughs> like I feel like he, like I feel like a part of him kind of wants him. So I'm yeah, like, he's, he's, he's thinking about time. it. He's but definitely no, he, about it. he was like pretty hard. No, I, I didn't think it was that bad. I, I sent him uh, Diaby and Martinelli for Ivan Tony. That's not bad at all. That's not bad. That's he actually, was like acting like it was like this. He was like, absolutely not. That's trash. No, that's, that's, that's a actually trade, a really man. good trade. I thought that's that was really like pretty trade. fair. Yeah, you're pretty fair, Keith. You're not like the rest of us. You're not like the rest of us. The rest sometimes, of us I, sometimes I send a, a 31, you know, because that's <laughs> you sprinkle it. If you're super fair, you sprinkle in the occasional. Uh, Absolute rubbish. Sometimes people uh, get a little confused. Yeah. It's funny because Carl keeps sending trades to my buddy in the league. And he keeps saying, I keep telling him no, but he just keeps sending me trades, like these trash trades. I'm like, he's like, you ain't going to stop. Do you think it's like a, like Kyle, it's like a numbers game? Kyle's like, eventually someone's going to say yes. Like, it's kind of like, I imagine that's how Kyle is in a bar too. He's just like, <laughs> just, he's, hitting yeah, on, he's hitting on girls. <laughs> the one of them's going to say yes eventually, you know? Oh, it's a numbers game. Uh, <laughs> uh, what a wanker. Oh. Uh, all right, should we get into it? <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. All right, hello and welcome to episode 25 of Draft Offsides. I'm with Tico and Enzo. My name is Keith, and we are officially done with game week 21. Sp- split over two weeks, and now it is thin, complete. 
What did you guys think of that overall? I didn't like it. I didn't like it because I had to wait week a week to watch. I've got to wait another week to watch my boys again. Like you know that you know that meme where it shows that one guy sitting on a swing that he's just staring out a window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the, how the I Paolo felt. Escobar. Yeah, Pablo yeah. Escobar. That's how I felt just waiting for Angel. You know that uh, one guy. You know why I didn't like it is because I was by the end of week one, it was pretty clear that I was gonna lose both <laughs> my matchups and like not only just lose them, but lose them to guys that are like last place in both our leagues. Like I was losing to the last place team in both, and because their teams just went off. And so for me, it was like this. This sucks. I have to wait, but it's also like I just have to stare at these like horrible scores. I can't move on. I can't like restart, you know, I can't be like, okay, new week. Like, how am I going to strategize? I just got fucked and then was continuously fucked for the whole week. What do you think, Tico? That's the worst part. It happens in every fantasy uh, sport that like the first day you get behind so badly, like I, it's no point even following up with it. But I thought overall, the it was pretty, both weeks, weekends, pretty entertaining games. Pretty entertaining games. I agree. There's some good things that happened. Uh, a, little, a little bit of controversy there, but it was like, it was like, the, I'm talking about the Brentford game, like the the Tony goal, which we'll talk about later. But I thought that was like a, I thought that was like funny, more funny than anything. I don't think it was cheating. I'll explain I mean, later. Yeah, I I also don't think it was cheating. I think it was like, hey, if the ref didn't catch you, it is what it is. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to it. I, I got I yeah. got some things there. Should we get into studs and duds? All right. I hope they're not biased. Let's <laughs> the stud number one, Gabriel, Gabriel from Arsenal. I'm going to try that crazy last name, and he goes by Gabriel, so we'll go with that. Magales. Magales. There we go. He had 31.75 points, uh, projected to have 11.02. They did have their out 5-0, and he had one goal and one assist. Uh, so from defender, especially center back, pretty uh, huge day. Huge day. Um, and it was kind of more like almost two goals. Like I, that was, so he got the assist for the own goal. Is that what happened on that? Because he kind of had it in, like, went off the back of the keeper or Cold something. Head. Yeah, went off the yeah. back of the keeper. So head. Got, it was like the assist was really like, almost like a second goal. Yeah. I feel like that should have been a goal. Uh, yeah, it's one of those ones where I saw it was, emotionally it was, it was a goal. It was know, directed at the goal. It was in the goal. It, was, it, sh- it should have been his goal. I watched this yeah. game at 4.30 in the bloody morning, waking up to watch Arsenal yeah. play. Yeah. It, How do you feel after? Uh, you know, ruined my day. I don't like watching Arsenal win and I let alone hate watching us all just batter an appoint- opponent i know two goals in the in the in, in dying minutes but still five nil fucking hell three nil is bad enough what i think though is that i don't i kind of mentioned this on twitter but i don't think that this is like arsenal's back and they're good i think what it is is like they're the the controlled way that they play if they score a set piece goal early and the, the other teams have to kind of play against them you know what i mean then all of a sudden they can really do what they want to do but i think they're still having a hard time breaking down teams that well, aren't trying to score against them. You know what I mean? They've, they've got the most goals from set plays and set yeah. pieces, which I'm not that, I'm not going anything against because they obviously work on it in training. Yeah, yeah. But they're scoring a lot of their goals from set pieces. I, it, I consider it the same as Cole Palmer when he scores a penalty. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just... It shows their <laughs> lack of uh, goal scoring in open play. Yeah, okay. But let's we can talk about that a little bit more later. But I think when we talk about Gabriel, I mean, it's still like for him to be such a threat from set pieces... And also, we're talking about this Arsenal team. They they now have the best defense in the league. I think, yeah. like undisputed, it's they have the best defense in the league. So, great value from him. And like the goals are a bonus, but like clean sheets, I think are there's going to be more of those to come. And great. So let's move on to the next one. Danny Ings. He had thirty point five points, uh, two assists in the game. 
coming into this week, he only had one point. Bloody hell. Total. total. Yeah. So, obviously, this is uh, probably not, don't expect to see this again, but, you know, gotta mention it when he has this game. When everyone's healthy and everyone's back from Europe, I don't think he gets into this team at all, right? No. Yeah. I think he's a decent player. I just don't feel, I think he left these teams when he shouldn't have, you know what I mean? Like, he, I think he should have stayed at a couple of these, these like, mid-table teams a little bit lower because I think that's where he thrived. I know he tried and he, it wasn't like he even moved to any did he move to a big team? Never a big Aston team. Villa. Yeah. Yeah, that was before they that was before yeah, they before, yeah. Yeah. Alright. Like here's the question. Someone like Danny Ings, are you trying to pick him up? No. I think there's better forwards on waivers that I would rather have than him. And I feel like mm. I'd, I'd rather let someone get excited about a 30-point game from him and try and pick him up for like a week or two but like Antonio is coming back, I think, eventually. Like, I think there's just a lot of factors where Danny Ings doesn't excite me that much. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with you. What do you think, Tico? If they play against Brilly, then, yeah, just play him if he's starting. But besides that, I probably wouldn't. Who do they play next week? They play Bournemouth? Yeah, like, I'm, I don't know. Bournemouth hasn't, has been pretty good. Like, they've been pretty solid. Press pretty high. They make it really difficult for teams. I'm not really, like, excited. But, I mean, there's a time and a place, depending on who's on waivers and who's available, is definitely an option. Yeah, you never know. And then uh, honorable mentions here are Nunez and Jota with uh, 33 points each. Uh, can we talk about Nunez real quick? I think he's in the same category as Rich Arlson where he gets clowned on so much, but at the end of the day, when you look at his numbers, he fucking rocks it. Like, he gets points. Yeah, he, he makes some funny misses every now and again, but, like, he still get, keeps getting in really good positions and, like, mentally is pretty strong to, like, to keep, like, he keep his head up and keep getting in those positions and, like, keep, you know, creating chances, and I think he's phenomenal, to be honest. He's been amazing. It's seven goals, six assists. That's amazing numbers. Yeah, I think he's eight and ten in all, like, in all matches, in all competitions, yeah. which is I really think, good. I think, I think he's more. I think he's ten and ten. I think he's the first player to get to double digits in goals and assists. Double, double, well. Wow. And this is a player, when when the year started, he was not in the starting 11. No. Yeah, he was he was kind of on yeah he was floating around it, but he wasn't fully wasn't in there. And he's he's gonna get more playing time because from the sounds of it, Salah got really injured, so he might be out for thirty days. So he's gonna get yeah, longer. That's, that's the latest. And then the other one is uh, Jota on here. So Jota started for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. So you know, like in that ten role that we or in the the nine role that we thought Gakpo might take, Jota was there. So that's that's also really impressive from him. Yeah, it's really worrying for Gagpo too, because it just doesn't seem that Klopp trusts him in a nine roll. Yeah, I think Gagpo is officially like on the you know, this was his chance, this was his time. And to not to not be getting minutes now is just like ooh. That was that was a big owl. Whoever whoever dropped whoever's silly enough to draft him like I was. The other one I want to talk about just right here too is uh Trossard. He dis he displaced Martinelli in the starting eleven, scored a goal. Could have, should have had a second one. Mm -hmm. So he's another name that's like just guys that are like rising to the occasion and at the expense of other guys, you know? Yep. Really good, really good. Okay, moving on to duds. First one on here is one that is unfortunately close to my heart. Vladimir Kufal from West Ham. Negative 4.25 points. Uh, he was coming off of three games in a row where he had double-digit scoring. Uh, they did concede the two goals, and he had the yellow. So yeah. negative 4.25. He had a red. He got, 
He got oh, two, two yellows. yellows. Two yellows. Man, I'll tell you what. I was like, I thought this was, the, I thought Kufal, this was like the easiest points of my life this week going into this game. I was like, oh, like Sheffield United, West Ham's kept clean, three clean sheets in a row. This is like easy points. Play yep. Kufal, don't even think about it. Got rocked. Just rocked yep. my world. Brutal. Yep. But I think, I mean, obviously now he's not going to be here for a few weeks, but I'm not, I don't think I'm dropping him. I think his numbers, he's been a good enough defender this year. And like West Ham's defense has been good enough this year that uh, you still hold on to him. I think he's very, like, very good, very solid. I agree. I've got Sioux, I got Sioux Fall in another league. Um, I'm not going to drop him. You you keep him. Uh, he's going to be gone for three games, but I oh, know one game. Will we gone for a game? Should we? Oh, it's just one. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Emerson on the other side though. I like I start I started him too in one of my leagues just because I was like playing in Sheffield, but that was a bummer. But Kuf, uh, Sufal, like yeah, I think he's been good. And I think he has like four or five assists this year too, which is pretty it was, solid. It was early on. I'm I'm waiting for him to bring that back. Cause that's one of the reasons why we picked him up. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, he he hasn't had a goal contribution, but he's still been good defensively and getting some balls into the box. So a bummer that it happened, but I'm not I'm not panicking on it. The next one, though, Luis Diaz. What do we think there, Tico? This was an interesting one because he also started, they had, what was the, 4-0, and he finished with only 1.5 points versus projected of 13.35. He had no goal contributions, no key passes in the game. Um, so quite day four him fantasy-wise. Yeah, he was yanked in the 64th minute. I think that's when Gakpo came on, and Gakpo got an assist pretty quickly after coming on. So, I mean, there is a question of maybe... Jota goes out to the right and Gakpo comes to the middle, but I'm, I mean, I think Diaz is still so powerful. He's such a uh, influence. I think the one thing though is I think Diaz and Nunez both like coming off the left. I don't think Diaz is as effective coming off the right. So I think that's maybe where the question is. I'd like the idea of Jota and Gakpo in the middle because I want to see Gakpo in that number nine role, but the way Klopp plays, I, don't, I think he sees Luis Diaz do something on that left-hand side that he likes. He, he creates issues and problems. I know he got 1.5 points, he just hasn't really been the same player after his parents got kidnapped. So, well, there's the injury and that, you know, I mean, it's not just that. I mean, the two previous games before this, he it was 10 12. So it's not like he's been like absolutely non existent. It's not like he's like Marcus Rashford, where he was like literally scoring like one point eight in the beginning of the season. Yeah, but, true. But, but like, yeah, I mean, it's still not, it's still not ideal from somebody drafted in the second round. Nope. Yeah, and I think that's just we've talked about this a million times, but just like some of these the headaches of some of the this Liverpool rotation, it's just not not that fun. No, it's like it's funny because we are everyone is so concerned with City because in the years past it's always been City that like has these rotation issues and these like not sure if the guys are going to perform, but City's been really consistent with the guys who are playing are playing, and it's yep. like Liverpool and Arsenal and these other teams where like you're getting a lot of the same consistency. Yeah, so, a little bit of a drag, but. You, you're going to keep rolling with Luis Diaz. I think that's ultimately where we're at, yeah? Yep. Yeah. And then the honorable mention? Kai Havertz. Zero points in a 5-0 game, uh, projected to have 9.64. Got the start, didn't do much with it. Uh, he, I think he played majority of the game as well, so... 69-9 minutes with not a single point in a 5-0 game is odd. It's odd. It's Especially odd. in his role. Yeah, it's just strange. Like, what's he doing? Nothing. Zero points. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I just don't think... I really don't think he fits into this Arsenal. I know we said this a million times, but I just don't think he fits into this Arsenal team. Um, he's been given a chance after chance. He's been given more of a chance than Trossard, and Trossard's produced more than he has. Uh, if anyone feels hard done by, it'd be Trossard, you know? Yeah, but Havertz is supposed to be playing in the midfield, which is weird. I, everything's weird about it. 
I just, I, I don't even know if it's his fault. It's like it's trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, you know? Mm. It's just like, I just feel like it's a little off. Just, it yeah. just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel right. Like he's being forced to do stuff he, he isn't comfortable with. Um, I didn't watch this game, so it's hard for me to really give it like analy- analytics, but. Didn't do nothing, mate. I watched it. Nothing. Just yeah. nothing of note. But like, no, he didn't even win a header. Like, I guess well, not. He, he got zero points. Oh. I don't think yeah. he even put a tackle in. I think he was jogging around the middle. So he he did win two headers, but he also got dispossessed twice. So it canceled <laughs> each other out. Oh God, that Slap. is rough. Shit. Ooh, okay. Love Let to see. us move on to the kind of just recapping some of the key moments from the week. So kind of talking about Arsenal, I think we've already talked about this a little bit, but that five zero win. I I was saying that I didn't really feel like. Even though Arsenal dominated, I think they dominated because they scored off two set pieces early and that allowed them to dominate. It wasn't that they dominated and created chances. You know, the open play goals they scored were after they're already up 2 0. And Crystal Palace was pushing and it allowed them to kind of go on the counter. Two of those goals came both in like the last two minutes of the game. I don't know. I, I obviously I'm not like Arsenal sucks or whatever, but I just feel like it's they're they're not over the they're not in the clear yet, in my opinion, from the, the struggles they've had. You remember how Eze was playing at the beginning of the season, how he was doing so much, dribbling everywhere, kind of cross, yeah. but he was getting minimal points? This is how this game felt again. It felt like he'd gone back to the way he was playing in the first Eze. game. Where tra- yeah, where he was trying to do everything, and he just wasn't breaking through that. And like you said, I think this is one of the, is the best defense in the league at the moment. He just couldn't break through. When you're the only person really trying to create, it wasn't working. Not for Eze, at least. We we talked the previously Arsenal's biggest problem right now is they're not able to score goals, and it's mostly from open play. So majority we mentioned the majority of their goals come from set pieces, which again it's a great skill. It's amazing that they're able to score that often, but their issue is still scoring in open play. And like Keith said, when they are up to all, everything opens up for them. It's easier to for them to score. But if they don't get those two set piece goals early on, this could be a different game. Yeah, I fully agree. I think to the Eze point, like, do you have this note here? Like, is Eze Robin to Elise's Batman? <laughs> Which is kind of funny. But I feel like, I think more generally, without both of them in the team, Crystal Palace just does not look good. Because I think the way that Roy Hodgson sets them up isn't to, like, really attack. You know, and it isn't really to be this, like, really expansive team. And, like, did you see the fans, like, kind of revolted against that, like, against the ownership and kind of had some big signs that were pretty nasty? Just saying, like, wasted talent, wasted potential, and all these, all these things like that. Look, so. Palace have been in the league for 19 years. I don't think they've gone to Europe once. And for a team that is tr- that's truly mediocre, like they've now got these two young talents in Eze and Elise who they feel should be leading the way. But do you think it's because Hodgson is an old school manager? I think Hodgson's a good manager. Don't get me wrong. He's old school, but I think he's still a good manager. Is it time for him at the end? Maybe not. I don't. I'm not going to say now because I don't think that they're what 12. They're good. They're not going to get. I don't uh, think they're going. They're not going to get relegated. They're no, not going to get relegated. I think you give it to the end of the season, and that's when you start thinking about changes. I think Hodgson's the type of. He's a good manager in the sense that he'll stop you from getting relegated, but I don't think he's a good manager in the sense that he's going to get you into Europe. I think that's the difference. Uh, so they're 15th, and they're five points uh, out of relegation. Yeah, it's a little bit worse. Yeah, and still, been, still, 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 still fine, still though. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't think they get relegated. But one more thing on that is that so uh, for fantasy wise, he had 18 points, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, considering it was a five zero shellacking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, but it's just it's the same way that like with Morgan Gibbs White at, at uh, Forest, 
where just like everything is going through him right now. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's the same thing. It's like even on a bad day, they could potentially score a lot of points. Yeah. But you just I I look at that and I think man, like imagine if he was in a better team. Imagine what he could be really doing. Imagine if he had, if he had like, better support around him and more happening. Imagine he was at Chelsea, be ninth all the way to ninth. <laughs> Um, the other thing of note is Martinelli scoring two goals in injury time, and they were almost identical. Like the goals yeah. were like counterattacking goals. That what he what he what he said like he he made like a, a like a FIFA PlayStation. Yeah, did you see on Twitter? He did like R two zero. Like he like that was his like caption or something. Uh, the they were both like that. The like, yeah, they they're like the curving like pass the ball on the other side. The, the, the placing it into the bottom yeah. corner. Yeah, the, so it's kind of funny. the are you hungry right? Yeah. But I uh, I will say about that, like as a Martinelli owner, like the second I saw those highlights, I immediately tried to start trying to send trades to get him away, <laughs> hoping that like maybe that someone would see this and be like, oh, like Martinelli's back, mm-hmm. and not realize that he didn't start the game, scored both the goals when they're already up three zero. Like you know what I mean? Like this is the moment where I was like, I was really trying to like sell. Was it Martinelli. only Martinelli you were throwing out there? Were you throwing Martinelli with a little bit of a little bit of salt? You know what I mean? I was throwing a little bit of something extra. Oh, there, but. I told you, like I saw, I traded, I tried to trade Martinelli and Diaby for Ivan Tony. That's right. That's right. And I got like, I got laughed at, which I, I didn't think that was that bad of a trade. I was a little offended that I got laughed at. Yeah, but, you know, it's the person. It's the person. Yeah. It's the person. It's right. on. Yeah. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's let's not... move on to the next game. Uh, Brentford three force two. I mean, we don't need to go into a ton of stuff. The biggest things of note were that. No Morgan White, no Anthony Alonga. So Forrest was pretty short on attacking options. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than that, like the craziest thing was the the Ivan Tony goal, where it was a free kick. Turner Turner went and, like set the wall and then went back over and then Ivan Tony moved the ball over and then he stopped and he went back down. And he moved the foam, and then moved the ball again over. Which I thought it was like I mean it's like funny like how like you can't even be mad like it just is what it is and like to Look, not get caught is what it is. It's, it's not even about getting caught, all right. One that wall was terribly placed and honestly, as a defender, if you're in that wall, you if you're going against a right footed player in that position, you move the wall and you overcompensate for that side just so they can't curl it in. Secondly, how many times have we seen as soon as the, the ref turns around, the wall take a step forward? There's a million things. There's a million little things like that. Yeah. So it's shit housery, but I've the one thing I'll give you is I've never seen anyone take the phone and move yeah. into the fucking. <laughs> that's the best. That's the shit housery yeah. that I fucking love. I thought I love, everything about it was great, and like I just I love it. I just like love players trying to get an edge like that. And there's nothing like cruel or evil about it. It's just like I'm gonna see if I can get away with this, and he did. And how many how many steps do you take when you take a throw on? Like it's placed over exactly. here, but then you take like five steps forward to get that little extra. Come on, it, it's all there's so many little things. Yeah, there's so many little things. I don't think it was cheating in my eyes. I think no. it was. Definitely shithousery, but it was good shithousery. And good for Tony. I mean, amazing for him to come back and score like that. Like, I think he's going to be a top five forward for the rest of the year. I was, I, as I said earlier, I was trying to trade for him, like, immediately. Like, I was trying to see if I could get, get him because I just wasn't sure how he was going to look. And he looked just as good as he did. And, like, it wasn't just the goal. Like, he was creating a lot of chances. He was really smart on the ball. I thought he was freaking great. Yeah. He, great hold-up play. Great yeah. ball down the lines. He was really great. Hey, how funny is it that their sponsors are gambling site? Oh my god, how so fu- funny! How how fucking I mean, funny that's is that? How, like, that's how like broken the game is, where it's like, <laughs> oh, you're in trouble for doing this thing, but then like you're allowed to, we're allowed to get paid money from them, you know? 
<laughs> it's like it's the whole thing's just messed up. I fucking love it. The only other two things is that Neil Malpe scored a like a banger. I think he has five goals since he's been back and like mm-hmm. two assists. Yep. I think he's like US is he legit? And I think he's like pretty legit. I mean, I think right now we're in a we're in a period where there's a lot of forwards scoring goals. So it's hard to know like, is this the one for me right now? But I think Brentford with Tony back and Mbembo and Wissa gone, like Malpe is in play. Like he yeah. should be like in consideration. Sergio Regulon came on. I think Lewis Potter was playing in a in a new position too. So there's just like a lot of attacking options suddenly at, at Brentford. And Brentford prior to this were a team that didn't really have much from the attacking side. So yeah, I agree. Regulon coming on was weird. I'm, I'm just I don't know. Seeing, I thought he looked good in a Man United shirt, but being a Brentford shirt, it just didn't look right. But he he played decent. I think Lewis Potter, good talent, very good talent. He had a couple that he should have finished. A couple serves, but, I, but he, I don't love that he's classified as a forward if he's going to be t- potentially playing like right left wing back or whatever yeah. left wing back, whatever. Like I don't love that, so that's that's actually a little bit like of a turnoff for me, because like there's there's nothing worse than starting a guy and then like lo- lo- like being like, excited and you see that he's like a forward that's like playing midfield. But he's playing, like, he's defense. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know just but from he, like a point standpoint, you're not he's not going to get in as many positions and maybe uh, we'll see. Yeah, uh, Mopay rostered only seventeen percent on fan tracks. Yeah, he's one that should be on the waiver. I didn't put him on there, but just note that he's a, a name that should be on waivers, like waiver pickup. I think he's he's pretty good. Let's just briefly cover Sheffield two, West Ham two. I think the biggest thing of note was Barrington Diaz uh, scored. We talked about him last week some as a potential guy to pick up. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about. Sheffield guys, I'm I'm not like super excited about it. They played him left wing back. Yeah, but I mean, in that he was pretty high up the whole time. It wasn't like he was having. They weren't really expecting him to track back a ton. Yeah, that's a little bit dodgy, isn't it? Uh, still dodgy. It's a little dodgy. I agree. But I thought he looked pretty good, and like it wasn't just that. I thought he looked really good on the ball. I mean, we talked we talked about him kind of. I listened back last week, and I feel like I kind of was talking about him too much. Like he's a good player, but I don't think he's, he's going to score every week. But I, you know. We'll see. We'll see. I think against different teams might, might be. I don't think he's gonna like be a superstar. But then we also talked about the Kufal red that sucked for West Ham. West Ham had, been, had had three clean sheets in a row, and they play Sheffield and can't keep a clean sheet. Like brutal, you know. Good, good team, man. Good team. Yeah, I think all the teams are picking it up. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no team that like at the beginning of the season there was Luton and Sheffield, and even Bournemouth all looks pretty limp. But now it's like every team is scoring goals and. You know, doing things. Yeah. Do yeah. you guys see it was the latest goal in EPL history? Yeah. 19 plus 13. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And then I think uh, I think West Ham had a shout even after that for a potential penalty where Bowen like got dragged down. And I thought it was a pretty legitimate shout that he they didn't get. Had his arms so all rounded, even, man. That could have been even more crazy. Yeah. But okay, let's keep moving here. Uh, next game was Bournemouth 0, Liverpool 4. I did not expect this result. I did not expect this. Liverpool I think Bournemouth's been really good recently. That's you know, yeah, they've been good. They, they, Bournemouth and Liverpool are the two most informed teams in the league as far as like the last like ten games or seven games. I think they've like they have the best form. Yeah, we talked about them. Uh, I think Bournemouth at the same time, Fulham, they were on a, a good form. Yeah, they're on that they won, like, absolute four. streak. But um, 
But I will say the thing with Bournemouth is that they don't change the way they play. So like Liverpool figured them out and Bournemouth was never going to like sit back in their shell. And like after they got a goal scored on him, they're always going to keep going at Liverpool. And Liverpool was able to just pick them apart. And I think that's but the quality I, thing. I think know? the first game they played too, uh, Liverpool scored like a few goals uh, on them. Yeah, it was early in the year and Liverpool absolutely eviscerated him. I think it was like, was it 9-0 or 7-0? It was like a really ridiculous score. No, no, I think that was last year. I think, no, this was like, I think 3-0 or something. something oh, was it? Point. Last yeah. time they played. Yeah, but it was just, I mean, it was something like that. So I think the fear with Liverpool was that we were worried about Salah not being there and if they were going to be able to score goals. Wasn't an issue, huh? No. I, I think McAllister's value might be added too until Salah comes back. It'd be interesting to uh, monitor that as well. Liverpool was a system team. They're a systematic team. You know, they, they play a star play, and they got the players to do it. Like, Salah's, don't get me wrong, Salah's a big miss. But they've we've always said that their forwards always score. They're, I think Liverpool are really good. I, I, I just still think that I just, the consistency is what worries me. You know, I just don't, I, like, week in week out can they do it every week you know i think they have some really mercurial players that can sometimes bring it sometimes don't mm -hmm. but i think like when you look, think about depth and you think about guys coming off the bench and like i think they're i think they will challenge city i don't think it's i think city will probably still win it but i think liverpool is going to be there at the end i think they're that good they got some tough games coming up man yeah i mean that's but that's where if they get through that I mean, this is a good time. They just had a big break. They're they're pretty healthy. You know, obviously yeah. they're missing Salah, but everyone else is pretty much there. So if they can get through some big games now, it could be huge. Okay, moving on. Next game. Brighton zero, Wolves zero. I watched this game today. Ugh. A little bit of a snooze fest. Yeah. Not super fun. I don't even really know. Wasted an hour of my lunch watching this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well back. Pedro, Jao Pedro, like not much going on there. I think they these teams kind of cancel each other each other out. Like Wolves would sit in this little block, wait for Brighton to attack, and then when Wolves got the ball, they try and counter. Uh, Pedro Neto, I thought looked really sharp. He didn't get any gold contributions, but he put a ball, few balls across the middle that like I think if Wong is there, would probably be in the position to score. You know, so. Yeah. But um, I'm excited. I, I think both these teams are like still really good teams. I think Wolves like that when. With with Cunha, Pedro, and Wong, I think that's like such a solid front three for Wolves when when Wong comes mm -hmm. back. So I I think you know, I think Pedro Neto trade target for me. I think he I want him. <laughs> I, I love want him. him. So yeah, I want badly. him. I want him badly. I want him. Anything else to talk about in this Brighton Wolves game? Hell no. The Neto is the biggest thing. Him coming back. That's that's, that's yeah. Huge. Playing. I think he played seventy eighty minutes too. So really yeah. good for him. It's yeah. huge. Uh, moving on to waivers. First one on here, kind of an exciting one. A name that most of us probably haven't don't know that much about is Connor Bradley from Liverpool. Owned in twenty four percent of leagues. Trent Alexander Arnold, a new knee injury, could be out for a few weeks. I think Connor Bradley is a great pickup. Like it's you know short term, but a great pickup. He got an assist on the weekend. He had a really good chance to score a goal too. I thought he looked really sharp and adventurous and for for the way that Klopp wants to play, I think Connor Bradley is a much better fit than like having a Joe Gomez, like a center back, come over and play on that right side. I think that I think that like he's actually like an out and out attacking player that's gonna like overlap and gonna really like play that heavy metal Jurgen Klopp style. So even though he's young and I'm not sure if he'll get every single start, I think he's very much like a worthy pickup. 
Any thoughts? He got, he got an assist. Maybe he can build on that. I watched a little bit of the game. There was, there was bits and pieces from him. You're not going to get the same thing out of him as, you know, we all know that with Trent. But if he can, you know, get some balls into the box, key areas, and, you know, link up with the forwards, yeah, he, he could be good. He's young. He's hungry. Yeah, You never and, know. And you mentioned it's a system. Klopp knows what he's doing. Uh, play him. Yeah. And, you know, next week, if he gets a start, they play Chelsea. You know, he's going to get the clean sheet points. <laughs> so, at least you have six points. <laughs> I mean, Chelsea's been pretty susceptible to, to fast, good players, so... I'm not. I'm not mm -hmm. against picking him up and starting him. That's for sure. I might. I might hedge my own like disappointment if I can. If I can snag him off waivers, I might do that. And just hedge. Hedge myself. You know? Chelsea been good against the big teams. Sam been bad. No, they haven't. But next on the list is Elijah Adebayo from Luton, owned in 35% of leagues. I'm going to read you his last six starts: 12 points, 14 points, nine points, nine and a half points, ten and a half points, and then four and a half points. So the numbers don't lie. For someone that's on waivers, that's pretty darn good. Like th those are pretty mm. darn good returns for a guy that's on waivers right now. And um, I just I think the consistent usage and it's his consistent usage is really correlated with Luton's form. Like since he's been he's come into the team in, for Carlton Morris, and since he's been been there and been doing that, Luton's looked a lot better. And I like him because in like I think three of those games. He, he didn't score goals, and he's still, sh like, I think in the nine-and-a-half-point game, the ten-and-a-half-point game, either of those he scored in, and he still showed, like, he can get points without scoring, which I think for a forward is really important. So I think there's, like, there's... I'd be way more interested in him than, like, a Danny Ings. Oh, yeah. Like, someone like that. I think that, to me, is a much more interesting play than picking up, like, a Danny Ings. Because I think that could be a long-term play that could potentially, like, he'll continue to grow. Where I think Danny Ings you're, is kind of at the limit of what he's doing. Who are those games against? Curious. I have it up right now. Arsenal, City, Newcastle, really? uh, Sheffield United, Chelsea. Yeah. Because the worst game was against Burnley, 4.5. Yeah. Oh, my God. So yeah. he only plays well against the good teams. Okay. Got it. But you know, it's not, it's not a bad problem to have. Every team is a good team yeah. when you're losing. <laughs> good point. It Good feels point. like the last few weeks we've been talking about Luton Town players, uh, players a lot. It seems like the last few weeks they've been scoring, so some value there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's that's what we were kind of saying earlier too. It's like Sheffield Luton, but they're they're getting goals. They're not just like these hopeless teams. All right, should we move on? Next one is Oliver Oliver McBurney from Sheffield United. Another player that falls into that category that we were just mentioning, Tico. He's down in nineteen percent of leagues. Tico, you actually called this out to me. I think yesterday or this morning when I was, I was in like the depths of sorrow yesterday, like thinking about fantasy and Tico sent this guy to me and I was like, thanks Tico. I really don't need another forward though. And you were like, no, this no, is for no. you. This is for waivers. And I was like, oh, that makes more sense. But uh, I think the one thing you called out that was really interesting, his home away point split is like incredible. Like from at home, he's, his goals are, he's like scoring like, I, I don't even know what his average is, but it's more than probably more than 10 points a game at home. And then away, it's pretty mediocre. Yeah, at home, he's crushing way over 10 points a game. He has one at home, he has one game of uh, three points, and everything else is over 10. Yeah, which is crazy. Which is crazy. And now, like, barely over 10, like 17, 15. Yeah, like high scores. And so, if you are like desperate for points, next week he plays Crystal Palace away. So, it's maybe not the perfect thing, but if. You have a little bit of room and you want to like, you really want to get really crafty. He's someone that could be really interesting to like put on your bench and just play when they're at home. Cause right now you're like, it's like a lock on us. It's about as sure of a thing. Yeah. Is he a you... French Scotman? Olivier <laughs> McBurney? 
Is he French? They call, him Ollie, they call him Ollie McBurney. That's what everyone oh, okay. everyone calls him, Ollie McBurney. That's uh, interesting. And this be a good one to uh, add on your daily uh, fantasy matchups that you do on DraftKings. Uh, I, th- I think I only got I only won five bucks. I can't, can't remember what game that was. I'm I hate gambling. I'm done gambling. Man, after Vegas, I don't want to gamble anymore either. But uh, I still got money in my DraftKings, uh, so I keep going. I just I I lost some money playing uh, gambling on football this weekend, like American football. It just sucked, and I don't even like football. I lost money in Vancouver. Maybe we should do a draft. Maybe we should do yeah. a DraftKings bet because that's a little bit easier. You just bet on one game, and you bet on the players you think are going to do well in that game. I don't know. Feeling a little exhausted. It's a smaller bet too. You can put a a, a, a how much we usually put down? Ten bucks each. Ten. Yeah, Ten we could put um, five bucks down each. Do a fifteen dollar one, and you can win up to ten grand. All right, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Let's let's let's, uh, let's move just, on with I'm this. Just, but I'm not I'm not mad at that idea. I'm not mad at that idea. We owe we owe Tigra some money too. So we gotta we gotta figure out a way to pay him back with gambling. There All you right, go. But moving on, next on the list, Mario Lamina for at Wolves owned in forty percent of leagues. He's not like the sexiest pick, you know. He's kind of like a Jeffrey Schlupp type player to me, where he's really industrial, mm. but he has, you know, runs hard, works hard, but he's scored in two of the last three games. And I think his lowest score in that time period is eight, eight and a half points. So like he's kind of in form. I think he had some, he had some stuff. I think his one of his parents passed away earlier this year. So he was kind of in and out of the team dealing with that. So I think that now that he's back and he's focused and he's there and like, and it's corresponding with wolves really starting to like find some good form and being hard to break down. And even in this Brighton game, I thought both teams looked very good. Like, you know, it wasn't like, even though it was a zero zero game, that wasn't the most entertaining. You could watch them be like, oh, like this Wolf team knows what they're doing. They're, they're pretty like solid. So I think he's like a good, like if you just, if you need a midfielder and that you're just hurting to just get someone in, I think he's a pretty good one to have. Mm. Not exciting, but like efficient, you know, a very efficient waiver wire guy. Any comment on that? No, I had him at the beginning of the season. I dropped him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Same old, same old. Very, very droppable, but like very like also yeah. could be usable. Yeah. All right. And then the last one on the list, I think he's been on the list. Was a, if it wasn't the last episode, it was the episode before. But it's Taiwo and Woni. He's still only owned in forty one percent of leagues. He's coming off a long injury delay, and with Wood in form, I can see why his numbers have dropped. When you look at like his scoring record from the end of last year and at the beginning of this year, is he's literally been putting up elite numbers when he's in and playing. So you just have to assume that he'll eventually get that starting role back from Wood when he's back and he's already training on the field. He's not training with the team yet, but he's doing like individual drills on the field. So he's getting very close to being back. Yeah. So if he's if he's unrostered in your league, he needs to be grabbed. I think he's a good player. I just dropped him. You just dropped oh, him? Oh, you no, you didn't. I did no because you have an access to forwards right now. I know I I don't, but uh, I wanted to pick up Burn from Newcastle because I think there's value in him. I think he's gonna be better, uh, bring more value than uh, Taiwo Awoni. And plus, I was looking at his numbers. Uh, he started off the year well, but then he had a stretch of like five games or so where he was just being shit. So, but I think that was corresponded with an injury. And he came he came back for like a game and was not that good, and then he got injured again. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think he's I think he's worth having. I mean, I think you're in a different position, Tico, because you actually have forwards that are good. But I think for a lot of people, that's a that's a weak spot position, or it can be. So yeah, 
Uh, that's waivers. Another thing I want to talk about is just like just chatting transfers real quick. There's a couple of rumors that are flying about. The most exciting and fresh one is the Kieran Trippier potentially leaving Newcastle to Bayern. Oh my god! It's, it's it's like Harry Kane was like, "Hey, Bayern, I need help settling in. Bring in my boy Dyer. Might as well bring in Trippier as well." But, but that, this one was out of nowhere, though. I don't know where. But Trippier is like makes sense, right? For Bayern, like that's like a, he's still like a very good player. Like Dyer, Dyer kind of felt like what you're saying, Enzo. Where like Trippier, like mm-hmm. Dyer felt like it was more just like a locker room pickup, but like you know, second string backup guy. But Trippier will play for Bayern if he goes to Bayern. I think so. He's a good player. I think he'll work. His Bundesliga is a lot slower. I think he'll get more chances of you know get down that line, actually whipping in, and not to worry about these guys going down the down, down the line. It, it, I think it'll be, it's a good pickup. I think if Trippier goes to Bayern, Kane hundred percent breaks the Bundesliga single season goal scoring record. But why? Why would Newcastle sell him? Because I think they, I think they're in some financial fair play issue trouble right now. Oh, well, I think know. they're desperate right now. They need to, they need a new midfielder because Joe Ellington's out for the rest of the season. Tonali's out, whatever, whatever. And I don't think they can bring one in right now unless they sell. Mm. So the other one, the other Newcastle rumor is Almiron going to Saudi Arabia. Really, that just broke today as a potential. What the fuck? So when you look at those, you think like those don't really make a ton of sense for Newcastle until you think they really need a midfielder. They really, really need a new midfielder. And like they might be prepared to let both those guys go to get that new midfielder. Well, then and then they get fucking Christian Ronaldo, Benzema, and fucking Nieves on loan from fucking Saudi themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Bastards. think that's happening. But You don't think so? No. Southern Trippier makes sense, though. He's 33. Yes. On the tail, you know, twilight of his career. So get whatever you can for him. This is probably the most value he's going to have until the rest of his career. And you, they're not going to win anything this year. They're not going to compete for top four. I agree. I think this is the time to like, and then you can start getting Livermento more game time, really start to build him up. And yeah, and just like free up some some money for you to spend elsewhere. You hear about Evan and Forrest? Yeah. So they're, well, that was the other thing we should probably touch on is what they're both potentially going to see Another point deduction for Everton. Yeah. Potential point deduction for us. So everyone's wondering why. So Everton got done in for one year and now this is another year. It's like it's like time periods. So it's like there's like yeah. a, there's a window of financial fair play and like, yeah. So they're, they're going to get done in twice. It's really messed up. They say if Man City gets done in and their lawyers don't, you know, get them out of it, they get they get relegated. Oh, yeah. The They'll be relegated for sure. For what they're doing, it's way different. It's way worse. Imagine that shit. Imagine that. Man City in the championship. So if that happens, do they take away the all the championships? No. For no, those they years? Won't. No, that so, doesn't see, If you're an Everton fan, they get the points deducted and they have no glory, nothing to show for it. At least City had, you know, what, the past yeah, six, but seven, it, but eight it's years. Still, it's still a year. They're lucky if they don't get, you know, if they get that and all that is true. Imagine Man City would have to offload a bunch of players. They'll keep a bunch. Don't get me wrong. I think they got kids in in the, in the you know in the wings, so I don't think they're that worried. But they'd have to rebuild again because yeah, that, would that's you like, stick around with most? Wouldn't well, I mean Holland would leave. Like all these big stars would leave. I could maybe see like a Phil Foden staying just because he's been like with that club forever. The only one that comes to mind is when Juventus got relegated. The players stayed on, but those were players like Buffon. You know, like they were part of that culture, legends. You've, Juventus didn't get put down to Serie B, though. They got fucking bumped down all the way to Serie C. Didn't yeah. they? Or was that Fiorentina? No, it was Fiorentina. Yeah. 
but Juventus too is more mm-hmm. legacy behind their club. You know what I mean? The players that play there, like I'm not, and I'm not even trying to be like me towards City, but like, come on, that's like a plastic club. Like who, who? No, 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 one, th- no one's that playing is my there because they like, they like have grown up City fans for their whole lives, and this is like means everything to them, except for maybe Phil Foden. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. that'd be amazing because chances of Haalandini uh, would be much higher, and as we all know, that's who I want. But here's here's the issue, Tico, is that this isn't going to happen for another like two years. City's going to just keep, yeah. yeah, obfuscating this and just making it just like impossible. So. Why why does Tico look like he's just ahead? Because it's his room slowly gotten darker as it's gotten closer to nighttime. So now he's just a part of you meant like ahead of because of the way my brain works, I'm ahead of everything else. No, no it's still like a flowing head. Okay, the last little thing I want to talk about is next game week. So game week twenty two, round twenty two, and it's a mid. It's it's a mid game week. So we don't have games this coming weekend because it's FA Cup, and then it's a mid game week, and then it's literally right after that is the following weekend is the start start of game week twenty three. This ain't a double header, is it? It's not a double header. It's two different game weeks, but one game week takes place during the week. The other game week takes place. Okay. Doing that. So we are probably not going to, we'll have to figure out what we do episode wise in that time period because it's going to be a little tricky. But um, yeah, so I just wanted to kind of talk briefly about some of these games and just really briefly, just is there anything in here that's really standing out to you guys as far as like, like strategically what you would do? Like, I actually think the Arsenal Nottingham Forest game is going to be really interesting. You think so? Yeah, because I think that uh, the way that Nuno Espirito Santa sets up is very like counterattacky, and the way Arsenal has been exposed is by kind of counterattacky teams that like that like Eesh. let them kind of play and then just counter on them. And if if uh, Alanga and Gibbs White are both back, I think that game's interesting. If they're not back, I'm not super interested in it. But I think I'm definitely yeah. starting Alanga Gibbs White if they're back in that game. I'm excited about that. Uh, Villa Newcastle. Are you starting? Are you starting Newcastle defenders? That's what I was going to ask. I have two Newcastle defenders. And I have one Villa defender, so I'm not sure if I'm going to start them or not. I think I am, and I think I am because a Villa has kind of dropped off recently, form wise. They lost the. I, they had a chance to go top of the table, right? And they didn't. I mean, not even that. I mean, they what they lost the United. They lost the Man United. They had that three-two win against Burnley, which was kind of whatever. You know that that. Middlesbrough, pretty lackluster 0-1 against an FA Cup. And then they had a 0-0 draw with Everton. You know, and then they played Chelsea. That's the one, yeah. Or no, sorry, that's FA Cup. And then, so then, yeah, yeah so they played Newcastle. Uh, and I think Newcastle's on the path of getting better. So I think I'm starting my Newcastle defenders. Because mm. I, like, I, unless I have a great alternative, I think I'm starting my Newcastle defenders. Well, if you have no choice, yeah. No, but not even that. Like, I have someone that's like mediocre, but I, I think I just want to start like a Botman because I, you know, you got to start your good yeah. guys, your good defenders. Yeah, I agree. I think Villa, they've played well against the top teams. And I know they've only won 1 0, but they've played well against the top teams. And I'm saying, I'm not saying Newcastle's in the top four because they're not, but Newcastle's still a competing team, I think. Yeah. I think it'll be a, a 1 0, 2 0 win. Yeah, I think it'll be tight. And even like not getting a clean sheet, but if, there's a lot of action for for a defender. It's still worth it mm-hmm. in a game like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think if it was... No, no, no. You, I don't that's what you'd be worried about more than anything else. I do think this has a, a possibility of being a high-scoring game, though. You do? Not necessarily blowout, like a 3-2, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Which I wouldn't love, but I think I'm willing to roll the dice. So just, just in the sense of, like, you want to start your best players. 
We'll go from there. Liverpool-Chelsea, man. Oh, that's going to be an f- interesting game. I mean, first game of the season, we played each other. It was a 2-2 draw. Mm-hmm. I would be so happy with a draw. I'd be I'd so, be so, so happy, happy with a draw. <laughs> so would I, mate. Just make it that much tighter up top. Yeah, true. Because what, they're, they're five points clear right now with Man City with a game in hand. Yeah. So they could only be two points. So if they did draw, Man City probably wins. There'll be three points and it'll be so tight. So tight in that top five. It's at Anfield. There's no way this is a tie. <laughs> I think this is a clear loss. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea has been good against the, the big teams, but I agree. They've been good against the big teams. But I agree. I think this is going to be a tough. This is going to be a hot, big. This would be like a pivotal. Like, because Chelsea's gone unbeaten in the last three. They've won the last three games in the Premier League. So, so if, if what can, have we learned from Chelsea? If they can get a result here, I think we they turn the corner. Because what you were just going to say, Tico, is what we learned from them is they... They, they do well and they suck, and then they, they do well and they suck. Exactly. Anytime we think they're on the right path, they're going to fuck it up. Mess up. So, yep. look, against Man United at home, that was nil-nil. Against, so, against so let's Arsenal. Let's Man United is a good team. Okay, wait. I'm not. I'm telling you, I'm telling you what's, what's going on. So, Man United, Liverpool. Liverpool at home, nil-nil. Liverpool, Arsenal at home, 1-1. One, one. So that, was, that was the last. That's in their last couple games at, at Anfield. They're not unbeatable, and they're not they're not invincible at home. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Anfield's one of the biggest stadiums in the world, but there's still a chance. But you're saying like if Man United can go go to Anfield and get a draw, Chelsea can. That's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, and same as Arsenal. Arsenal did the same thing. I agree. They got a draw. I agree. I think it's a possibility. I'm not like um, I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be sad if Chelsea loses. Like I'm not gonna be like disappointed. But I'm also I'm not gonna be like. Shocked if they get points out of there. Why not, Keith? Why we? Why? Why? I I'm, I don't care who I lose to. I'm always fucking sad and disappointed when. Yeah, my I team think that's was... kind of your problem. Because you're a bitter person. Yeah. No, it explains just, a lot. I I love my team and I want them to beat everybody. I also think this this Tottenham Brentford game is kind of interesting. Just Brentford looking a little sharper with Tony in the team. I'm a little bit worried about that. Man. Yeah, I think that there there could be some there could be some scares for Tottenham in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens with Man City and Burnley? I mean, you want to say it's an absolute destruction, Slaughter. but you know what? Mm. I'm actually going to do, guys. I'm going to start whatever whoever the Man City keeper is. I decided. <laughs> oh, I don't care if it's wow. Ederson or Ortega. I'm starting him. Well, it's definitely not going to be Ederson. He got a hole in his leg. <laughs> I, I, it sounded like he's actually going to be okay. I think that's what a, with a hole in his leg. It sounded like he's going to be fine. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Start him. I'm just if you all there hopping, he's got a peg. You got just a plug, <laughs> like a plug, like he just like plugged at the hole. No, I think it was just, I think yeah. it was just a cut that looked like a hole. It's game time decision. I think it was. I think Imagine it was like this, we got VAR Imagine. and just like froze it. It was like a freeze frame that looked like he had a gaping wound in his knee, but it was really just like a little cut. Imagine company comes back to City and gets a draw there. Uh, well, as long as it's a nil-nil draw, I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about that. All right, I think that kind of wraps it up for us today. Do you guys have anything else do we want to talk about? Just look out for look out for injured players that are coming back. You know, just one I can think of right off the top of my head. Matters is coming back for Tottenham. Is he, is he training? Uh, yeah, he started training. Um, so that's a big one. I mean, to be uh, another, like, Homer, uh, Cuckoo is back training, too. He was out with a hip injury for a while. So that's another one. Anyone from Arsenal, Tico, coming back? <laughs> Militao was at the training grounds. That's, 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 that's not, Ars- that's, you're an Arsenal fan. Uh, yeah, that's an Arsenal fan. I'm not fan. an Arsenal fan. Odd, odd thing to say. I'm not an Arsenal fan. You feel like an Arsenal fan. We know you are. <laughs> 
All right. Well, this has been episode oh, 25 you. of Draft Offsides. I'm with Tico Nenzo. My name is Keith. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. Tico's working on the TikTok. And then be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. It goes a long way. Leave a comment. Do all the things. See you guys later. Bye, guys. <laughs>